1: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to The Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today is producer Jordan Foley. Well, first of all, Jordan, how are you? I'm excellent, too. (laughs) Let us hope so. Uh, Jordan's out there in what I hope is beautiful, sunny California, uh, and I'm on the East Coast with a bit of snow. But in any case, we're going to talk about All Square, which, by the way, won the Narrative Spotlight Audience Award at the South by Southwest Film Festival. And, of course, it was directed by John Hyam and the screenplay, Timothy Brady. Production is a paperclip limited production in association with Millhouse Motion Pictures. Produces Jordan Foley and Jonathan Rosenthal. And I'm talking today with Jordan Foley. So, Jordan, my goodness, um, I, you know, I got to see the trailer and a couple of other things, and it's just um, all square. I mean, it's hysterically funny to begin with. But it also has a lot of underlining... Uh, what do I say, lessons, life lessons, if you will, about life choices. But let me let you talk a bit. How did you come to this project, first of all? Sure. Well, uh,
0: so my business partner and I, Jonathan Rosenthal, we started Millhouse Motion Pictures uh, roughly a year ago. And our goal was to do two or three uh, kind of smaller budget independent films and a script that had hit my radar through Actually, the writer, Timmy Brady, is a good friend of mine. He sent me a script that he had written just to get notes. He said, hey, pal, I wrote this thing. I wonder if I could get some feedback. Mm -hmm. And I read it, and I was just I was blown away. I mean, I've been a big fan of his work for a long time, but I didn't know that he had this in him. Um, So
2: (laughs) I read the script, and I said, hey, you know, is there any way that I can get involved? Can I help you make this? And
0: he said... Actually no, I'm I'm working with uh Mike Kelly from House of Cards and uh, John Hyams is a good pal They're directing and I said, Oh wow, so the ship's already sailed, there's no way mm. But uh he you know, I, I talked to him and I I said, Hey, you know, I really I love this thing. Uh, it took me a, a little bit of time, a couple of weeks to really kinda grind away at him and I said, Hey, you know, I just started this new company with my buddy and you know, what if we put up half the financing and you know figure out a way to get this at a little bit tighter budget than what he was initially kind of trying to go for and he said well let me think about it and so then he went to michael kelly and had a conversation with him mm-hmm. and michael said let me call my friend yardley smith
1: who has a company as well and we all know yardley as the voice of lisa simpson yes and uh a couple of days later i got a call from Tim saying
2: hey we've got a greenlit film uh, we're gonna go do this thing. No idea they even really talking behind the scenes. So, you know, we all sat down and had a meeting and we all
1: liked each other and uh, that was it. Thumbs no. up and you know, a month later we're on the ground in Baltimore. Wow and ready to shoot this. <laughs> so you shot it in Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, so Michael Kelly shipped us a card in Baltimore. Yes. And so it was this dream to go back and, and shoot there Uh, During the off-season, try to get his crew to work on the movies. Mm -hmm. He's got such a strong relationship with everybody. They're all just like, you know, a family. And so we did that. We were able to get everybody, not everybody, but, you know, our entire crew basically was made up of the House of Arts crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And we we shot in Baltimore in a township area called Dundalk. It's kind of a suburb just outside of uh, downtown Baltimore. Oh, yes, I know uh, it. Mm -hmm. Yes. it was
0: actually beautiful, it's right on the water
2: there, uh-huh. um, and everybody in the area
0: was just fantastic, willing to work with us, and uh, excited to work with us, so uh, we had a really great experience, it was really hot, but it
1: was uh, a lot of fun. Yes, well, you know, it's nothing like starting with the top, the creme de la creme of a crew, that doesn't hurt either, <laughs> what a combo, you guys, Wow. I went to Peabody Conservatory of Music. That's why I know Baltimore so well. And, of course, love Michael Kelly uh, and, and House of Cards and everything I've seen him in. But he, he plays, I wouldn't say it's an altogether different character, except uh, suits aren't his thing, um, in in all square, yeah. <laughs> you know. So he he um, he's mastered that walking the edge of satire and, and villainy and yet good guy with a heart. What do you think?
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. He's, so he is actually in real life the nicest guy in the world, you know, bend over backwards to help a friend, uh, just a great sense of humor. But, you know, as this character is on House of Cards, he's kind of a jerk <laughs> kind of And yeah. then in our movie, you know, he plays something that's a little bit of a, a departure from that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still got that edge to him.
2: Yes. Um, but deep down at his core, he, he needs to do well. Yes. Um. so it was a nice, nice thing to see he's got...
0: You know, it's a comedy on some level, but it's also drama. So he gets to stretch his limbs a little bit and um, show that range outside of Doug Stamper, which we've all seen him do in so
1: many other movies. Yes. Um, but in this, it's just you know he's really a force and he's just the center guy, so it's fun to watch. And and, and in addition to Michael Kelly, uh, who I've always loved, there's a uh, I think a new new kid I have not seen before. In any case, uh, tell us about Jesse and working with him
0: yeah, Jesse Ray Sheps. Yes. Fantastic actor. We found him, we kind of, initially, because of, uh, you know, independent film, and we're on a budget, yeah. we're trying to find actors in Baltimore, and it just, it wasn't happening, so we cast a wider net, and we looked at all the, you know, kind of the name actors in those age ranges, and mm-hmm. um, it just, it wasn't happening. And eventually, we came down to, we found a, a casting director based out of New York that Michael had worked with, and she was
2: able to find us Two actors kind of at the last minute that just knocked us out of the park. Mm.
0: And uh, we flew Michael and John Heiser, director, and Timmy, the writer, up to New York. And they sat down with the two actors, put them on tape, sent the tape back to us as producers in Baltimore. And it was just clear immediately that Jesse was our guy. He was mm. just, just such a strong option. So he came in and did a phenomenal job, as you'll see in the movie. And we all think that he's got a huge career ahead of him.
1: I agree with you because, you know, first of all, to hold your own with Michael Kelly in a scene uh, at any age is an accomplishment. But but uh, Jesse just seems to, uh, it's like hand in glove, I don't know. I'm, and I'm not just, hype, uh, you know, throwing out a lot of hyperbole. These two, they're, they're great moments. And again, I've only seen the trailer, but from what I can tell of the trailer, they're great moments where it's just about the two of them, and yet there they stand and speak or... Jesse's lounging in a chair whatever uh, and things uh, you see the world you, you see the generational thing you you uh, and the honesty of a kid you know that really smacks in the face of uh, John the character that Michael Kelly plays and and forces him to um, look inside and look outside look at his past and where the heck is he going and and get beat up all at the same time. What do you think? First to say that, if you, if you look at all the reviews that have been coming in, yes, it's really uh, you know, that it's that duo that really you know shines above everything else. But not to say the rest of the cast. I mean, it was just incredible. But, Great cast. Uh, it was it's fun to see that you know Jesse and Michael relationship on screen because it, they really do kind of push each other to you know get to their best elements and their best levels. You know, and Pamela. Um, Pamela Adlin, she's uh, she's fabulous in this too. How was that? Uh, that uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, talk about chemistry. When when every time she speaks to Michael Kelly, I go, oh, this is this reminds me too much of the old neighborhood. <laughs> she was dynamite. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, Pam, that was such a thrill for us
2: to get her. I mean, she's just she's kind of a superstar right now with yes. everything that's going on with uh, her TV show. and uh so when we were able to, to lock her in for uh, to come in and play this role it was just it was a huge win for us yes um she's just quiet you know just everything that you've seen about her on TV or any of her shows or stand-up it, that's what she is in real life <laughs> she <laughs> just uh she brings that humor yeah. right to set and <laughs> yes. uh also just such an incredible worker you know she she was great with jesse Obviously, they actually kind of look alike, which was... Yes, you know, that was a plus, yes. ...because it's just amazing, but yeah, such
0: a plus. And, you know, her and Michael, they love each other, and they were just... They had such a, a great time working together, and you could see that chemistry uh, come across, mm-hmm.
1: you know, on the screen. So. You know, we should... Uh, I know you've mentioned it several times, but uh, I, I haven't, so I'm going to. I, I was... Um, the principal voiceover for the Indie Film Minute, a series of guys dedicated to uh, critiquing and promoting independent films. So, as you've said several times, All Square is clearly an indie, an independent film that usually has uh, a certain uh, budgetary restrictions. You have to learn how to do things, do great things with a little bit of money, and that's a talent in itself. My hat off to you, Jordan and Jonathan, and everyone associated with All Square but tell me, um, how uh, how did you? It, it just to me, the trailer looks so big budget. Uh, I, I, how did you? How did you make that happen?
0: Yeah, no, it was only favor. So, I mean, to start when you're working with the House of Cards crew, uh, yes. such professionals, yes. they work so quickly because they're so used to working together mm. uh, that we're able to get. You know, typically on an independent film, we kind of pull together uh, whatever group of guys that you can or gals. And, and, you know, in this situation, everybody was already a tight-knit, you know, oil-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. So our days were really flying. So we were able to get a lot more uh, out of our days. And then, you know, working in Dundalk, uh, it was a part of the country, let's say, that isn't familiar with having as many uh, movies or TV shows shoot there. Yes. So we were able to a lot of favors. I mean, the locations were cheaper. Uh, we were able to get, you know, to so our baseball scenes, it looks like just a ton of people are there, and it was
2: because all the locals just wanted to come down and see what was going on. So, uh, you know, we're doing to and they just showed up. So, we were able
0: to get a lot more bang for our buck shooting in a location that isn't familiar with that, and uh, by working with the crew, that is just so top-notch, which most
1: independent films typically aren't really able to pull together, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. So, uh, what are you? I know there are more festivals uh, in in your future. And April twenty sixth and May third. Wh- wh- where are you going to screen again at All Square?
0: We have a screening at the Newport Beach Film Festival, It's uh, the closing night on Thursday, May third, I believe. And uh, we're also screening at the Sunscreen Film Festival in St. Petersburg, Florida, and that is a Saturday night, April. But I'm from May 28th, I believe, and we're really looking forward to going to both. I'm actually, I'll be attending the St. Petersburg uh, Sunscreen Film Festival, but I'm not going to be able to make it to Newport, as we're going to be doing some pickup shoots on another movie we uh, produced recently, so I'll be out of uh, out of
1: Newport at that time. <laughs> okay. You keep pretty busy, you know, uh, and which is also another yeah. tip of the hat to being an independent film producer. <laughs> Uh, that in itself is an accomplishment. How how do you, uh, are you aggressive about seeking out scripts? It sounded like you were with All Square. <laughs> you go after them.
0: Yeah, we are. So, absolutely. Uh, so our model is we're trying to do two to three movies per year. I personally read, I think we're reading, you know, maybe a dozen scripts a week, you know, give or take. And uh, we try to get our scripts from the agencies and the management companies. So, you know, the CAA, WMEs, Management 360 that type of thing. And uh, we hope that they've kind of already filtered through, you know, the hundreds of script submissions that they're getting, and then they come to us with the ones that fit kind of our budget model and we're able to then kind of weed through what they send us and pick kind of the the creme de la creme, if you will, of, uh, you know, the scripts that fit what we want to do, so yeah, we're we're aggressively looking, and we're hoping to do, like I said, you know, at least two per year. And
1: how, how long have you guys been working together as a team on productions? You, John, you and Jonathan.
0: Yeah, so we have a mutual friend um, who directed a movie called Desolate that we both produced. Johnny, uh, Jonathan, my business partner, actually co-wrote and was also an actor in the movie. So the director, Fred Cipolletti, he came to me and said, hey, you know, I have this thing that I, I do with my friend Jonathan Rosenthal where we've got a script and we're planning to go shoot this thing. Would you be interested in producing? And Fred and I had wanted to work together for a long time. So I read the script and I said, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to join you guys. So we shot that uh, the late spring, early summer of 2016. And that's really when I met Jonathan. Um, and that was a similar budget as All Square. so. We met on this, this smaller indie film, and we were able to get just a lot of bang for our buck on that. We we The production value, if you ever get a chance to take a look, is, is, it looks pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing that, we realized, you know, hey, we can go out, we can find scripts that might feel like they're bigger budgets, or actually our budget is bigger, and through our resources, let's try to get them in at lower budget. And if we start a, a company where uh, our goal is to do maybe 10 of these uh, over the next several years um, we can start to build a brand yes. whereas you know most people might be a big chunk of money on one movie and just have that one off and hope for the best we stick and really try to focus in on that model we might get to a point where we've created a brand and, and people will know us as kind of independent film producers that are at the film festivals and um, helping these you know younger directors kind of get their start and be able to you know get a, a movie done on a budget. And uh, if we're those guys, you know, hopefully that just kind of generates more
1: work for us. <laughs> so that was the goal. Well, I, th- I think you're uh, well on your way to already accomplishing that goal. That was the impression I got in, in watching uh, what I was able to see the production value and knowing that it's an indie. I mean it's like wow. So if you so part of that brand is hey, we not only can do it extremely well, but we can do it for less. Uh, I think I think you've accomplished that both. Okay. We're going to take a short break. Uh, I'm having a delightful conversation with producer Jordan Foley, the producer, uh, along with his partner Jonathan Rosenthal of All Square. When I come back, or when we come back in the next segment, I promise we're going to actually talk about All Square. But I wanted everyone to hear more about Jonathan Foley and producing independent films, because that's a love of mine. Stay with us. we'll be right back: Welcome to the Enddie film Minute. Arguably, the film that launched Tom Cruise to stardom was risky business, the story of a young man finding his way with much hijinks along the way. Dope is an updated version of this story, in no way a copy, but surely sharing the same DNA. Geeky Malcolm Adekambi is one of the smart kids growing up in hardcore South Central L.A. Gang activity and drug use are pervasive around him, but his goals are high. Malcolm wants to be an achiever. Harvard is his dream. One fateful day, Malcolm is corralled by the leader of a drug gang. This tough thinks himself smart and challenges Malcolm in wordplay. Impressed, he invites Malcolm to his party. Malcolm knows better, but attends to meet that unattainable girl of his dreams. From there, his life spins wildly and dangerously out of control. How will he handle his Harvard alumni interview? And what will he write for his essay? Dope is fresh in its perspective, hilarious at times, and heartfelt in others. Danger, romance, crime, and sex in an adventure story that ends with a punch of undeniable reality. We film lovers live for the find of those special films. This one is a standout. Dope, not in theaters. Discovery through rental welcome back to the reasonable voices talk radio show my guest today producer jordan foley who along with his partner jonathan rosenthal has produced all square now all square we talked a lot about producing in the first segment because as jordan can tell you um producing any film is a challenge, but producing indie films has a whole extra layer of things that he and Jonathan seem to have uh, conquered extremely well, certainly in All Square. But I want to talk about All Square, the film itself this time. The screenings, uh, they've done screenings, they're doing more screenings, but All Square, uh, again, features... Michael Kelly of House of Cards, and much of the crew as well. And a new discovery, uh, Jesse and, and uh, Yardley Smith and uh, uh, J- uh, Josh uh, Lucas, uh, Pamela Adlin and um, I- uh, Isaiah uh, Whitlock Jr. I mean, you know, a lot of people you've seen uh, and have appreciated before have come together for this production directed by uh, John Hyam. And written by Timothy Brady. Now, the All Square is about a down-on-his-luck bookie from a blue-collar town. You know, I never, uh, I, I've never heard actually a town being called a blue-collar town, but it makes sense. I get it. And and it shows. We see it. Uh, but he um, he ends up befriending uh, his ex-girlfriend's kid. I guess she he knew her in high school. And the kid then invites him to. Come see him play in a baseball game. And that's where bookie John, Michael's character, gets the idea to start taking bets on baseball games. Before I even ask, is that something that happens a lot to you or not, <laughs> Jordan? But, uh, <laughs> Actually, yeah, so the
2: writer, uh, Timmy Brady, he,
0: he pulled that from uh, personal experience. He had a pal that was... Uh, uh, actually, it was on the World Series of Baseball, Little League Baseball. Um, they were taking bets, and uh, Timmy will tell the story better. But he realized one day as he was at a bar shouting at some kid on the screen playing Little League Baseball for you know missing a pitch, uh, <laughs> you know
2: <that> <laughs> some questions of his life that could figure out there. So, but that's where he came up with the idea for the script. So, you know, all was good there.
1: Yes. Well, I'm not surprised that it's something that happens. It's just that it was done so well in all square. I thought, my God, this really, you know, there are people who live to to bet on anything. But that's not the only thing that's great about the film. Tell us uh, us about the film as much as you want to share. What happens when inevitably, I'm sure, big gamblers, you know, the big guys, the big time gamblers show up because they want a piece of the action?
0: Yeah, so that is that is the story. So, you know, uh, Michael's character gets this bright idea that they're taking back some games. And at the time, his life is not going so well. He's got a dad that he's taking care of who's in bad shape and mm. you know needs his medicine, and it costs a lot of money. And by the way, the dad is played by Harris Yulin in what I believe to be possibly his greatest performance. I mean, people will you know he's been in so many amazing movies. You've seen him. He's iconic, but uh, in this role, he just—he blows me away every time I've seen it, and I've watched it a hundred times now. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Wow. Um, and I don't know—the role is kind of—it's you know—it's a short enough screen time where I don't know what that means for—and our movie, you know, granted isn't—you know—I would say an awards contender, even though we're all proud of it. But his role is something that is too bad.
2: I feel it should be. Really looked at for awards consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, so Michael's character he starts taking bets on games, and uh, things start to go well. Yeah. You
0: know, the people that weren't paying him in this small town uh, were paying him back on their bets. They start catching in and start and, and paying him back because they all have kids, youth league. In the youth league baseball game, people all have all their their kids are in these games, and they like the bet. Uh, they like to bet on their kids, so they start paying it back, and as a bookie, he starts making money now. Uh, And so things are going really well for them, but at the same time, you know the the degenerate
2: gambler crowd who don't necessarily have kids in the game start to show up, and they start betting because there's a lot of money at at few games. And with them, you know that crowd, things start to turn a little
0: ugly. You know, people are, you know, swearing or they're throwing bottles on the field or they're, uh, you know, getting into little scuffles. They're drinking you know that mm. type of thing mm-hmm. uh, and so we see that and at that time it's Josh Lucas' character starts to realize what's going on and he pushes back on Michael's character uh, trying to keep him from doing what he's doing and, and that's where Michael has his big dilemma you know he's making his money but he doesn't he doesn't want to lose this but now this guy's pushing back him and, and he's afraid he's going to lose it all and so now he's got to try to figure out something on
2: Josh Lucas' character and how to keep him from pushing back Yes. Um, Anyway, he figures that out, and eventually we have this kind of this moral dilemma,
0: and like the Michael character has kind of a change of heart where he realizes that the purity of the sport is what's most important. These kids, they really love to play, and he's he's negatively impacting that. So we have kind of a lesson learned and a uh, nice moment. It's
2: how you get there that's the story that it's fun to watch. I hope I'm not spoiling anything. Um, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I I think there's a lot more to to it than you you're telling us, and I understand that. I don't want to give it away either, uh, but it definitely has. I f- I felt, as I said early on, the subplot is uh, ever present for those who. I mean, you can enjoy the film on any level, I feel, because it is hysterically funny, and then it's hysterically, oh, my God, and then it's, you know, <laughs> you know it's things that make us look at ourselves, and which I think is great about film anyway. But yeah. it, there are life choices, and, and he, uh, Michael Kelly's character, John, has to make them just like the kid does, and, and the mom, you know, Pamela uh, Adlin. What, what what do you think is, well, what, what can you tell us more that you want to tell us about the that tug of war between, I mean, he has a legitimate need. He He's making a bet so he can raise money to take care of his dad, but life life shows up. What do you say? Yeah, so, I mean, if you're asking, it's kind of, you know, what everybody
0: deals with is that are you, are you willing, how far are you willing to go to kind of, you know, help yourself out, I guess.
1: Yes. So it's, it's, you know, he's doing, he knows he's doing something that's not the greatest in the world, but his life is now drastically better. You know, the improvements mm-hmm. are, he's got money coming in, he's able to
2: pay for his dad. Um, yeah, he's, he's got to put up with some issues, but he's still got a, a kid that's a friend too, so he's got this new kind of best friend in his life. He's helping this kid. Yes. You know, he's sure, starting out where the kid isn't the strongest pitcher. And another, you know, kind of side note to Michael's character is that, Baseball player. Yes. Uh, he played in the big leagues and he was a pitcher. And so now he's teaching
0: this kid how to pitch, and the kid's actually doing well. He's taking other kids out, and he's winning games. So there's kind of those intrinsic rewards that are coming to him as well. He, he's feeling good about himself. So you know, that's again, it's something that kind of, I don't know, all of us are dealing with that exact same type of issue. But we all, I think, at some point in our life, might be confronted with some choices where we know we could get away with a little something and it'll help us or do we, you know, walk
2: the line and, and uh, deal with the, the issues that we have to deal
1: with, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's fair to say he doesn't <laughs> always quite walk the line even when he's taking these bets ostensibly to improve his life and his father's. There are... He has some challenges that he meets in his unique way. How's that?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm tap dancing because I don't want to ask you to give away something you don't want to give away. So, but I, I but also uh, Michael Kelly's character um, John has some cha- challenges dealing with people who lose bets to him. And he has a rather um, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too oblique.
2: So he you know, this
0: I'm not giving anything away here because it's kind of the opening of the movie but he you know he'll if you if you don't pay your bets um, his way of kind of figuring out how to get the payment until his side business right? let's say he breaks into your house and he'll take something of value
2: mm-hmm. until you pay him back yeah so uh <laughs>
1: That's kind of a fun side. It? it is. I know, <laughs> and, I did, and I didn't know how much you wanted to say of that, but I'm, that's why I was kind of trying to work a way around it and just give you the freedom to answer any way you want. But I just oh, found yeah. that <laughs> aspect <laughs> hilarious. He, you know, that yeah, that's he... It is <laughs> hilarious. And I won't tell, you know, I won't give away what he's
2: feeling because that's kind of where the fun
0: comes from.
1: But, yeah, he, he takes interesting items. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Things of great value to those who owe him money, and and, and then returns exactly. them when they pay him. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Or would they they bump into
2: him and he might have that item on him. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then it gets awkward. It, it, yes, absolutely. Oh wow, well it's um it's fab fabulous, uh, all square, independent film. I loved every bit of what I saw, and I haven't seen the entire movie, but I, I certainly will, that's for sure. And where do you see going uh, beyond the festivals now and the screenings? Of, are there any specific plans? I, I know you have goals, uh, clearly, for the company.
0: Yeah, really. no, we're, talking, we're talking to distributors right now. We've had you know, several offers on the table uh, from buyers that want to get it out there in the world. Uh, So we just have to figure out, you know, what the best option is and we'll go from there. But, you know, we feel like we've got something fun here. You know, if you're a fan of 70s, 80s era sports comedies like, um, you know, Slash Shot or Bad News Bears, this is very much in line with that
2: style Mm -hmm. of movie. Um, And I think that's something that we haven't really seen necessarily uh, recently, yeah. and I think there's a, still so a big fan base and audience for that,
0: and so if we get the mar- right marketing job done on this, I think we have something that people are going to be really excited to see, and I know that, you know, thus far, just the screenings of the festival, you know, I was in a, a screening where there was nobody in there that uh, was involved with the movie, and it was a packed house. I oh. was the only one in watching with everybody, and it was just so much fun watching and listening to their reactions. I mean, it was like being in a movie that was, you know, huge shit. I mean, it was, everybody was laughing at the the big laugh moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, ooing and all it, it, So I, you know, I think that sitting in the room with an audience and watching this, people are going to be really, really pleased at what
1: they, you know, they're paying for it. <laughs> put their money towards. You know, I I laughed out loud many times while I was watching, uh, and my wife says, "What are you watching?" I said, "I'm." I'm prepping for a show, <laughs> but it was, it's just hilarious, and yet it's full, it's full of drama, and and you know what, I, I think, Jordan, and I want to make the point, and, and before we have to go, and then you tell me your thoughts, Um, I feel what it brings, more even than some of the films you mentioned, it brings a reality to the... It brings a reality to what divides a lot of Americans from other Americans, but then shows us the road back together. What do you think? Because I, I, I felt it's down-to-earth truth about Middle America, about we're all in this together. If we could just realize that, that was one of the strongest pillars to this film. It just, um, it doesn't shy away from. What some people have to go through and and do to survive, uh, you you tell me. Yeah you, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That's
2: exactly it. Uh, you haven't even seen the movie, so <laughs> I'm impressed <laughs> that you got that out of the trailer. Oh yes. Uh, it, it is it is something where you know
0: so many comedies right now are just these these big kind of over the top slapstick or uh, kind of the super lowbrow humor, and it's just to kind of do whatever just to get the laugh. And this is just it's natural that it it kind of harkens back to the better comedies, you know, from the past. Uh, not to say that it's not timely
2: because mm-hmm. like you said, it is super timely. And, um, especially
0: with kind of what we're going through right now with our, our culture as it is, but yes. I almost feel like the, the blue and the red and the, it's kind of a microcosm of that. It, you know, everybody in this one little neighborhood that has to figure out, you know, how things work and how they get along. Yes. Um, uh, but the comedy is just so natural. It's not forced at all and everything is just, it's just, it's very funny. And if you pay attention, there's a little cameo from yours, truly. my first screen time uh, ever in a movie. And uh, <laughs>
2: I'm a—I'm a guy that ends up getting, doing something that I typically wouldn't do in my real life. So uh, yeah, just look up for the guy with a pink shirt and a visor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was he? In, were you in the? Okay, were you in the trailer? I am in the trailer. Okay, yeah. well, I will go back and look for you. I kind of vaguely remember that guy, that shirt, and visors. So they're yeah, not, oh yeah. yes, yes, I know, I know exactly. Yes, well, very good. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes, well, it's just impressive, Jordan, how you and Jonathan, uh, Jordan Foley, and Jonathan Rosenthal, have you've been magnets for a tremendous amount of talent in front of and behind the camera and i think that says a great deal about you guys and what you're doing and the brand that you already have as people and as movie makers that pulls uh, this kind of uh, group cast crew all of them together for all square it's um it was moving it was hilarious but it's moving and it's a Beautiful way to learn life values, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> Take us out with what you want us to sure. remember, and give us a, a website of uh, you know your work, etc. Sure. So Millhouse Motion Pictures, my company is
0: M H M P for Millhouse Motion Pictures dot TV. So M H M P TV, or we are on Instagram at Millhouse Pics, Pics and uh, at Millhouse Motion Pictures for Facebook. So those are places that you can get updates on everything all-square and everything Millhouse. As soon as we figure out who's going to buy this and where it's going to go, uh, we'd love for you to stay tuned on those sites, and we'll yeah. get you an idea of where to go see it when it, uh, it's ready for distribution. But if you're in the St. Petersburg area or Newport or you're going to those two film festivals,
1: yeah, we'd love to see you because somebody will be there. So come say hi. Okay, excellent. And thank t- you, Marcel. Oh, oh, thank you for being on the show so yeah. much, Uh Jordan Foley, uh, co-producer of All Square. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we wish you and the film and the entire crew and, I mean, everybody. Uh, Michael Kelly, everybody uh, associated. Jonathan Rosenthal, I will be talking to, too, very soon. And we just wish all of you the very best. And all the best for All Square and everyone associated with it. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks so much, Marcelo. I
1: appreciate it. Bye now. Bye. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Ask people what they want out of life. The most common answer, to be happy. This core truth has led to billions in profits for the drug companies who seek to control the opposite of happy, depression. Untold resources go into the study of depression, so why is there so little study of happiness? It is just such studies that are explored in the documentary, Happy. This is an entirely entertaining film, and it is also a studiously presented advanced study of our most sought-after emotion. We learn that 50% of a person's penchant for happiness is innate, the chemical makeup that we are born with, and another 10% is our environment. That leaves an incredible 40% which is completely under our own control. We learn that the phrase, money can't buy happiness, is both true and false. It can contribute mightily at the most basic level, but after life's basic needs are met, it can also create a treadmill of want that has the opposite effect. Is that why the richest country on earth is by no means the happiest? So, what is the magic ingredient for achieving lasting happiness? Happy, amazingly, within our control. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Recapturing the flag from NRA's Russian-made Make America Great Again, the ancient histories of Easter and Passover are as true, moving, and intertwined as our First Amendment is with Sister Jean, Me Too, and Never Again. Some celebrate with sunrise services and Easter egg hunts. Some tune in to tune out with reruns of the Ten Commandments and Easter Parade. Some search the heavens for falling China junk, fearing self-inflicted trade wars. And some, because of their skin color, are still forced to run for their lives. Don King is partially correct about one thing— People around the world may laugh at leaders shackled to the street, claiming greatness while casting a giant shadow of Holocaust, unending wars, national opiate and gun violence addiction, cuckled by an unfaithful president ignorant of international stewardship, achieving forty two percent poll numbers with tweets that rally the underinformed with alternative facts. But 2018 special elections prove we who vote still are the power grid of, by, and for the people. Blinding 24 marketing hides in plain sight jealousy, violent anger, and desperation consuming those who fear change. Like Congress, the Taliban shooting Malala, warmongering, Dick Cheney, John Bolton, appointed heads of government agencies euthanizing them. But in the wake of our 2018 Valentine's Day massacre, my mind relives my teenage questions as inventive baby-boomer creations bear witness to the next great political paradigm. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas high schoolers, 1960s students, and Kent State survivors— united in writing the next chapters of FDR's New Deal, JFK's New Frontier, and MLK's Mountaintop. Long before Putin tipped our electoral scales, ignoring 2.9 million more voters, America's elections repeatedly proved Newton's third law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction." Why are we the people increasingly swinging our political pendulum further right and left, inciting extremes to ignore the core value of being centered, resulting in unending wars, poisonous Russian hack attacks, China's dictator for life, and disengaging education from our human infrastructure, children? Some fear if everyone of every creed, color, and heritage gets everything they want, there won't be enough. This tether hobbles American progress to trickle down nothing, love it or leave it, and too big to jail, undermining middle-class blue- and white-collar dreams, making us more susceptible to the violence of U.S. Army's JROTC and NRA-funded civilian marksmanship school programs. Being managed by Fox, MSNBC, and social media, how do we recapture the flag of renewal post-2016 elections? A herded America drowning in manipulated tone-deaf rivalry withers away thinking, curiosity, and reason. Cease and desist congressionally chartered schools where children are trained to fire automatic weapons. Honor twenty-two female senators who put their male counterparts on sexual harassment notice. Value educators and education with dollars and cents. Intimidate sexual harassment out of our culture. Replace corrupted election computers with honest human calculators. Can't we agree life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness grants all freedom to use their talents to make a difference to both family and future seeking resurrection of a republic if we can keep it mingled with my two thousand three questions for mom as she began her twelve year journey through the maze of alzheimer's easter morning i poured my black coffee loaded a favorite dvd acquiesced being body pillow for two dogs and reminisced about music soothing the savage breast then, watching War Admiral defeated by his owner's arrogance, I relived Mom's 2003 answer. Indeed, Biscuit was the little horse for poor people. Sustaining an American dream that reflects our ever-evolving nation of hope will sustain voting rights, affordable mental and physical health care, quality education, and justice for all. To be regenerated after emerging from our current swamp We need embrace civil unity or risk America doomed to living tragically maimed. It's our duty to exasperate powers preferring low voter turnout, presidential spewing dishonesty that rots Easter eggs, for wisdom schools us, despite underfunded education and devalued teachers, boycotting, marching in peaceful assembly, and voting remain our best kingly resistance because conservative financiers scripting the propaganda that people of color, LGBTQ, and gun violence don't matter will fail before the power of truth. World peace is savior of America's soul. All vainglory is fleeting, and an educated child shall lead them. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices. Heard round the world.